At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Welcome back, it's the Radiator, the Rocket Shop. Once again, I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me now is John Fusco and the Crossroad Riders. Hello. Hello there. Hey, Tom. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for all coming in. Um, I saw that there was a number of people in your group, but often when the number is that high, I just assume one or two people are coming up to represent. I'm so glad there's so many people here tonight. Yeah, yeah, this is a half the band. <laughs> Uh, well, we usually like to start off by uh, introducing who is here. So if you'd like to go around and if you're near a microphone, just lean in um, and introduce yourselves. That'd be great. Sure. Why don't we start with you, Cassandra, over there? Sure. I'm Cassandra Nation, one of the singers. Brickett Bailey, one of the singers. Uh, Brad, Baby J. Jewett on the saxophone. I'm Josh Klinger on trumpet and drums tonight. Kurt Pearson on lead guitar. Dennis Diego on bass guitar. Mark Lavoie on Melbourne. John Fusco on the Hammond organ. Wonderful. This is going to be great. I can't wait. Um, yeah, if you want to kick off with a song, what have you got for us? Sure. Well, we're gonna, let's, uh, let's do something to warm up a, bit, a little something from the Delta. Get muddy. <laughs> I drink TNT and I smoke dynamite. I hope some screwball try to start a fire. I'm ready. 
anybody can be I'm ready for you, baby I hope you're ready for me Well, all you pretty women With your big wild hair Looking up at me like I ain't nowhere Do me a favor, man. come over here I prove to you, baby, that I ain't no squiggle. I'm ready, ready, ready as anybody can be. Well, I'm ready for you, Bill. I hope y'all ready for me. You ready, Kurt Pearson? Take it away, baby. introduction <laughs> that was uh that was quite something um so tell me how this great band got together well it's it's a, a wild story i mean it came together really organically um i was uh, uh shooting a movie in new orleans recently I, I i write and produce films and um i wound up in new orleans uh, doing this movie the highwayman with kevin costner and woody harrelson and so I found myself back in my old, old stomping grounds where I made my first movie years ago, Crossroads, the blues movie. And so suddenly I was back around all this great music, my music roots, and it reignited a real passion. Um, and I ended up, when, once we wrapped, doing a solo drive across the Mississippi Delta, traveling through all my old music haunts, winding up in Memphis and getting together with some of the kids of my, my former music mentors who had now gone on to form the North Mississippi All-Stars. And 
uh, a conversation turned into a jam session. A jam session turned into a spontaneous album. <laughs> and the album turned into this, this band, the Crossroad Riders. Meanwhile, back north here where I live, I kept one foot in music with this young generation of musicians like Bradley, Baby J, and Josh, and Cassandra. Uh, and um, they were really working with me, and, and I was teaching them some of the old blues and Americana traditions, and I was learning from them. And it was a wonderful symbiotic thing. And so then I brought in some of the, the old school musicians from around the area, like Kurt and Dennis and Mark and, and uh, Bill Trinkley. And we formed the northern chapter of the Crossroad Riders. So really, the band is 13-piece, but when you bring up our people from the south, Cody Dickinson, Reese Norman, it's like a 14-piece, 15-piece band. So it's a big, exciting uh, musical experiment and project, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's it's rare to hear the the sentence a spontaneous album got created. Yes, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because you know some some people um and are about albums for literally years. It's yeah. Some people it's a, it's a first and only novel that they've been dying to create, and it it takes them a long long time to to get into the studio. When you say spontaneous album, was it kind of just like you know after one jam session you guys are in and writing yeah. and creating everything? So I had been working, I've been writing music, which I. I I never stopped doing really, mm. um, but most of those songs over the years have evaporated. And this was a case where I had some songs, you know, that uh, that were pretty fresh out of the oven that I was still shaping. And that drive across the Mississippi Delta became a period where I had a lot of time to kind of sing through those songs, work through the lyrics, think them through, feeling that inspiration. And when I got together with the North Mississippi All-Stars and I, I sat at the organ in their studio and started playing, they said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's a, an original tune I'm working on. And Cody Dickinson jumped on the drums and we started jamming and we went through it. And he said, I'm going to record that. And he did. And then he said, what else you got? And I did another one. And, and it just started building up. And he said, how much time do you have? How long are you going to be here in Memphis? And I said, hey, listen, man, I'll be here as long as you want me to. <laughs> if you're feeling it, I'm feeling it. And Cody, you know, his dad was Jim Dickinson, who was a music, um, an ethnomusicologist, like an Alan Lomax, who was into preserving blues and, and Americana. And so Cody and Luther have kind of have taken that up. And so he saw it as a, 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 you know, it was just something that spoke to him. And he said, let's, let's do the album. Let's just keep recording. So we did four straight days of recording. I went back home, jammed with these guys, went back down. I went down three times, and the album came together. So it was like a, a jam session that led into an album. And we're getting ready to do the second one um, at the end of this month. Oh, wow. So wait, it, when, when did that first one come out? That came out in, um, in March. Oh, so two, this is going to be a two-album year for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it probably won't be released. It may it'll probably come out at the end of the year. But, you know, all everyone here will be on that album. And um, many were on the first one. You could hear them on there. You know, you mentioned the harmonica. It's, you know. Gorgeous, so, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really, um, I, it's it's unique in, in, in that it, and I think that's what the Crossroad Writers is all about. We're at this, at this crossroads of, of these musical traditions and, um, when we play at uh, uh, Spruce Peak in November, um, the the Southern chapter will be coming up to join us, and we'll all be on the stage for a big Mad Dogs and Englishmen type of rock and roll circus. 
Well, you say, uh, you know, crossroads in, in kind of many different aspects, one of which is, you know, you got you got the northern and the southern chapters. Um, how do you both influence each other? It seems like you've kind of got a foot in both camps on this one, yes. uh, John. But how does the northern influence the south and the south influence the north? And what, how does that and what, what gets created from that? Well, you know, I feel one of the unique things about where we are in northern Vermont is we're very close to, to Canada and Acadian musical traditions. And I see, you know, a real link between the kind of Quebec, French-Canadian music and the, the, the washboard, which you'll hear on our album, like Electric Washboard, um, and the, the Louisiana traditions. And so we want to work more and more on like, like kind of bridging that, I mean, the, the real North Country Acadian with the Louisiana mm-hmm. Acadian sound. And it's a cool thing that um, you don't really get to hear a lot. The other thing is, you know, the young, young players here help us push it into, into new directions. You know, Josh is working on some, you know, real experimental stuff. He's an excellent composer. Uh, I think the Vermont uh, Symphony has done some of your original stuff. So, I mean, they've got, they're the, the, the young folks in this group are, are musically educated. They're theory people, and they've got really wild, exciting ideas. You know, we're the, we're the old roadhouse, <laughs> battle-scarred, road-tested veterans who are self-taught, and we're all about emotion. We're all about what, you know, Miles Davis says, where, you know, anyone can play the note, but it's, it's, it's the, the emotions that the guy playing the note is feeling. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. So it's been this wonderful, exciting symbiosis. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'd love to hear another song. Uh, what have you got for us? We'll do a we'll do one of our originals. Uh, this was this is something that um, in, in talking about uh, New Orleans, um, my whole whole Southern music odyssey began when I was a teenager. I got into an argument with my father over the Hammond organ in the house. He wanted me to play in wedding wedding bands. I wanted to play Southern roots music and rock and roll. And my friends would come and we'd sneak the organ out the back door. And he found it missing. Led to a big argument, and I ended up running away from home <laughs> at uh, 16 and found myself in New Orleans. And that led to this, this, um, this kind of track trying to hunt down obscure blues legends um, to try to, to get to the roots of the Alban Brothers and the Stones and what was really under it, what was the authentic stuff under it. Um, so that, uh, that, that led me down to New Orleans where I had quite a few adventures and misadventures. And this is a true story about one of them. It's called Boogie on the Bayou. All right. Take it away. Just turned 17 Found myself down in New Orleans Never had a woman in my life Her name was Evangeline Said she was a Mardi Gras queen Greenest eyes I'd seen in all my life 
she said, honey, let me buy ya a bowl of jambalaya. We gonna boogie on the bayou all night long. Baby boy, wanna try ya. Well, I wanna fly with you. We gonna boogie on the bayou all night long. Oh, yeah, man. Say, come on, let's leave this joint. All these tourists don't get the point. Here's my keys, baby. Let's go for a ride. She took me down to St. Bernard where the Cajun boys sure party hard. She said, take my arm, baby, when we walk inside. She said, party, let me buy ya. A bowl of jambalaya We gonna boogie on the bayou all night long Yeah Baby boy, I wanna try ya Oh, I wanna fly with you We gonna boogie on the bayou all night long Yeah, that's out Baby, I wanna try ya. I wanna fly 
on the bayou by John Fusco and the Crossroad Riders. Um, that whole song started because uh, it was a story about when you ran away when you were 17. I, yeah. That was uh, quite a story in itself. But you are a, you are a screenwriter by trade. So how much, how much is your storytelling uh, rooted in, in that screenwriting? How much is it rooted in the songs that you make? How much of a crossover is that? It's, it's a, a really great question. One of the things that Cody Dickinson said when we were having that spontaneous session down there, was he said, man, you, you write songs in three acts. <laughs> and he said, no, you know, no one does that anymore. It's, it, there's not a, a lot of narrative, that, you know, beginning, mm, and middle, and end. Right. And, <clears throat> but... Um, I think songwriting has always informed my <coughs> screenwriting, my narrative writing, and vice versa. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So I think it's, it really comes down to what's, what's the, the best medium to serve the particular story. And I find that is I, I, I write novels as well. And there's some things that are meant to be a book. Some things meant to be a long-form TV series. Others meant to be a film or, or a song. Okay, and so do, do all your songs fit in the in the blues category as well, or do you ever come up with a song that's like in the same way that you write a story and you're like, well, that's a novel or that's uh, that's a film. You ever write a song and well, actually, this one's a ballad. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have have ballads. And there's there's ballads on the the first album. There'll be a, quite a few more on the second one. Um, but I think that there's there's definitely this thread that runs through that's rooted in in the Americana, and I think it's it's the same with my narrative writing with with films and television that you can really trace this kind of thematic clay um, that informs it all. Now that last song was very much autobiographical. Yeah. Um, when you are writing, is it is it a mixture of autobiographical and then other other stories that you know fiction, or do you stay kind of true to what's happened in your life and and your own feelings and thoughts? No, I mean that that makes up a large part of it, but but also I I can get into the head of someone else, someone I know, a friend who's going through certain things, and I can can take on that persona and that empathy, and and um, capture those feelings in that story. I mean, there, there are a lot of different approaches to the songwriting. I mean, sometimes, you know, the blues tradition, 
has a lot to do with with you know certain idioms that that resonate with certain truths, and so I'm I always have the radar out for those. You know, for instance, my song uh, "Drink Takes the Man" um, came came out of an Irish drinking proverb and turned into a blues song. Mm, I see. Um, and what I really loved about and both the tracks I've heard so far is how much room you give every musician here. It seems. Uh, when when the whole lot of you to get is together, do you still manage to do that, or uh, do these songs go on for twenty odd minutes? How how does that work? Yeah, well, we have a few that can go seventeen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Looking but, at some of these faces, that's a definite yes. You know, I think there's, there's a real synergy, and we really we we never know. You know, it's like just just tonight. I mean, Bradley's never done sax on that one, but you just we just you know felt it coming up and. And everybody's really generous. It's one of the, you know, I've played with a lot of bands in the past. And this band, it's just, you know, there's there's no egos. It's multi-generational. And um, everyone's real generous with each other. And kind of, we, we feed off each other's energy. And do you, would you consider yourself a musician first and foremost? Or a writer first and foremost? Or a storyteller. Storyteller. Yeah. Okay, so kind of foot, foot in both camps on that one. Yeah. Um, and in terms of uh, your own writing, do you do you need to be in a certain place or uh, in a certain mood to sit down and write? And is it sometimes you sit down and write and you think you're about to write yourself a you know um, a novel, and sometimes where you're sitting there, a song comes out, or vice versa? You know, with with my screenwriting and with the narrative writing, I'm, I'm really disciplined, and I start writing before five a.m. every morning. And I have a real blue-collar approach to it. Um, I don't wait for certain moods or rainy days. It's like you know, it's like Jack London said: you go out with a club and you grab the story by the throat and, and you you do it. Um, but with songwriting, it's it's different. That's definitely something that um, I have give myself more freedom with, and I'll feel it. You know, I'll be be you know out on the farm doing something, and I get this feeling, and I come in and I sit at the piano, and the words and music tend to come together simultaneously, which I, I know is not often the case. It's a lot, a lot of times the lyrics come and you find the right tune. I sit with a feeling. Um, there might be a certain theme, something you know, on my mind, and, and it kind of comes together. And with such a big band, uh, do you, do you, once you've got that song together, how easy is it for it to get everyone in to kind of like put it down? onto paper if you will not onto paper but you know get it down recorded and get it tight and get it get it well practiced with so many of you yeah well i mean i i think um everyone here in this room and you know our other 35 people or <laughs> <laughs> our other actually the other half you know thir 13 people in, in total and important thing is they they have to to feel it they have to really i want them to feel the song and and love it and then to contribute, you know, to, to bring in their own feeling. Like tonight, there was stuff happening on Boogie, Boogie on the Bayou that um, was, was all brand new. But everybody's, they know what the song's about, and, and they're, you know, all, it's all a collaboration. I mean, it helps that everyone here is a fantastic musician, I suppose. Yeah, they're, they're uh, wonderful, wonderfully talented. And as I understand it, um, you know, you got this uh, this gig in November, but you guys are playing up and around Vermont this summer. Yeah, um, August 24th, on a Saturday night, we're going to do our debut show at the Rusty Nail stage in Stowe. And it's going to be a barn burner. We're really excited about getting out there and playing.
It's a great venue as well. Yeah, and yeah, it's really good, good stage. Very well suited to your kind of style of music as yes. well. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a fantastic... We're, we're going to rock the mountain road. Um, and uh, do you have it? Do you have any other any other gigs after that, or is this kind of yeah? One, we one have um, September. Is it September twenty eighth? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rocktoberfest in Morrisville. We're going to be playing um, right out in downtown Morrisville. Looking forward to that one uh, outdoors right at the end of September. November one, we're going to be at Arts Riot right around the corner as part of uh, Vermont uh, Farm Aid uh, to benefit Salvation Farms from Morrisville. My, my home area. And um, uh, in that show, different acts like Seth Yakovone is going to represent Neil Young. Blues for Breakfast will represent Bob Dylan. Someone will do Willie Nelson. And we're going to do uh, Mellencamp. And we're going to have the fiddler Patrick Ross with us. And we're going to do a, a half hour set of Mellencamp tunes. And all in the spirit of Farm Aid to raise funds for the uh, Salvation Farms. And then we have... Um, Spruce Peak uh, Performing Arts Center, November 23rd. Uh, we're playing with Dave Keller's Soul Review, and this is going to be a fundraiser for emergency first responders all in our area and um, throughout our part of Vermont. And that's called the uh, Spruce Peak Blues and Soul Bash. And for that one, we have uh, the Dickinsons from the North Mississippi All-Stars coming up, Reese Norman, uh, singer from the Memphis Gospel Norman family, and Sarah Morrow from the Ray Charles Orchestra and Dr. John's band joining us on the trombone, joining the horn section. That's going to be a, a killer show. Yeah, these all sound pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have to write these down in my diary. Um, well, we've only got about time for one more song, unfortunately, but um, what have you got to play us out? Well, you know, you'd ask us about... Um, and Brad, Brad, maybe you hop on the drums for this one. So, and by the way, uh, our our drummer is in LA right now, and, and it's our horn players are doing the drums. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Is it? Oh well, Bob's uh, Bob's down for keeping this going oh, well, for as hey. long as long as we can. So, <laughs> yeah. if hey, he's down, like... I'm down. So <laughs> you you had asked about the, the the kind of link between the North Country and the South, and I talked about the Acadian connection. And this is a song I wrote about uh, kind of a love letter to uh, to our neighbors up, uh, over the border. And uh, and one of my favorite things that you, you have to head up there to really get the best of. A little song called Poutine. <laughs> Some agave blue Maybe you've flown to China To get you the real wushu Maybe you've been to London In the service of the queen God save the queen But you ain't really living Mr. Tim Got 
statues sans beauté. Where you talk about Atlanta and how you had the Georgia peach. Talk about the Turks and Caicos going naked on the beach. I'm going north of the Derby line. Yeah, fine, hold that thing. You ain't really living, Mr. T. Got you some poutine. Poutine, take it, Joshua. there by John Fusco and the Crossroad Riders. Well, as we're sticking around, I've got a few more questions. If, yeah, uh, sure. If you guys yeah, want to yeah. keep going. Um, so, John, did, is it my understanding that you grew up in up in Vermont then? No, I uh, actually grew up in rural Connecticut, although I know that sounds like an oxymoron to a lot of people. <laughs> but back in the day when uh, when it was um, dirt roads in, in a certain area where I grew up, my dad had a, a fish camp in southern Vermont all my life in Stockbridge on the Tweed River. And so at an early age, I kind of made up my mind to adopt Vermont as true home. So after a lot of travels through the South and um, uh, kind of getting into the back door of film school in New York City and doing my time in LA, I, I came back around here and this is home now full time. All right. And that that kind of trip down South and we've had what kind of a spend it and uh um 
were you did you pick New Orleans because of the music or did you pick New Orleans because you know it's a hell of a great time to, to go down when you're 16 and live well, your best I, life? I picked New Orleans because I originally headed down to North Florida to try to find the Allman Brothers mm. and um, of course you know they, they were disbanded at that point but when I, I took off I just had this I knew I wanted to go find the music I wanted to head toward Mecca and I so I, I made a direct beeline hitchhiking down south to go find the wreck bar in Daytona Beach just to see where the Allman Brothers played their first gig. And that's when I knew the music gods were watching over me because on the second night that I went there, I heard all these motorcycles outside and I had asked the bartender what was going on. And he said, hey, you've been coming around here asking questions about Greg Allman. I think it's your lucky night. And Greg walked into the, into the bar. He ended up getting up and playing with a band called Mama's Pride. I spoke with him. I had befriended a, a guy from Holland um, during that, that runaway trip, the poor guy, because <laughs> he was on a, a vacation from the military, <clears throat> and I was a runaway, and, but he wouldn't leave me. I, I, you know, at a certain point, I said, you got to just go. And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'll hang with you. And one night we were walking um, back from the, the, the rec bar, and... Uh, two police cars drove by, two Daytona police cars, and he started running down the sidewalk. I didn't know why. I mean, no, he, he had wooden shoes on. Okay, from, <laughs> and these wooden shoes are clicking down the sidewalk, and he went running. The police cars turned on the lights. So I go to find my friend. What's going on? They turn the corner, and he's digging in someone's flower garden and burying something. And so the police had found that he had some... some uh, Dutch horticulture, mm. um, and <laughs> so he was given a, a a citation. He had a court date was supposed to show up, and he had come to me and said, "You know, we got to get out of here." And he ended up buying a, a Kawasaki motorcycle with the last of his traveler's checks, and we took off, and that's how we wound up in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> So that's quite quite entrance to make into a new city. He had said to me, "Where do we go?" And I said, "New Orleans, <laughs> the next music mecca." Let's. You, know. um, you mentioned in your bio that you were uh, you're really keen on bringing you know your your music and your sound to the next generation, as, as yeah. you're showing tonight. Uh, what what from your generation's music? Music. I wouldn't even say your generation's music. I think you play music from the yeah, generation yes, above yeah, you, yeah, really. Yes. What about that that music? Can you bring to to the the next generation? And what uh, what are the the younger people in the band bringing to to your music? Well, maybe some of you younger guys can talk about what you're you've been finding in this music. You know, Brad, what is it about Americana and the blues and the stuff we've been doing that that appeals to you as a musician? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I'm a student at UVM. Um, I actually took a course on the history of blues, and uh, I had to write a couple essays about what that kind of music meant to me. And um, it can be hard this day and age because we're, in, you know, in some respects we're in very tumultuous times culturally in this country. But it's kind of a nice bridge, I think, for um, a, a part of this country I've never been to. I definitely need to check out. But um, it, you know, it, versus things up here in Vermont where you can be very, at times, very isolated and sort of doing your own thing. So. Give me a really good perspective on things, and uh, I think it's you know teaches you about a different life, live somewhere else. Yeah, and I, I think that um, as I had mentioned with with the uh, the younger part of our group, that they are you know very educated musically, and um, they understand theory, and I, I just I get so excited watching them do horn charts, 
you know, coming in and breaking down down horn parts. We you know we go by 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 feel, and they do too. They do too now, but but they're just um, uh, they've opened up a lot of a lot of a lot of doors and avenues. Saying, hey, well, you know, what if we do a key change there and take it out? And like, well, would that really work? Doesn't that violate the structure? It's like no, because technically, if you go on a, a circle of fifths, like whoa, you know. So, um, you know, or you master the yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember early on, I said, you know, so I know we're doing a lot of the blue. We're doing a lot of, we're talking about doing Sonny Terry and Muddy Waters and um, a lot of traditional Americana stuff. You know, what do you guys, is there something that we're not doing that you guys want to do? And they're like, no, we just keep bringing it on. We, this is what we want to work on right now. And uh, to, to the young people, uh, what, what are the kind of music you guys dabble in? Is, is it primarily blues or... Um, are you are you working with anything else at the moment? Josh, you look, why don't you, uh, what you Yeah, I mean, doing? I've been doing... Uh, this, this is Josh Klinger here from Matt. I do uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, worked on a blues piece with Cassie and John and Bradley a few months back, but I also do a lot of electronic dance music and uh, um, some hip-hop stuff and a lot of stuff in the, in the studio and electronic in the electronic world, which is a lot of fun to kind of bring in here sometimes. We have a little electronic pad that we bring to rehearsal and I play the bongos on that sometimes we do a lot of really you know kind of bringing modern technology into the older blues uh, world which is really you know crossing all everything that we can right I've seen a lot of some uh, some good good blues uh, electro mashups as well as uh, uh, some really good use of loops yes absolutely yeah and that can be tricky in a live band and, and setting and, and you know especially the older folks who like to feel the tempo and to change the tempo a lot so when you're bringing in the newer elements of, of computers, you know, everything is on a metronome. So you have to find ways to kind of, you know, change the metronome, either either tapping in the tempo with them in real time, you know, not setting presets. You still have to bring the feeling into the computers, which is, you know, for me, it's been really fascinating to, to kind of get that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's another element in this band, and, and that's we have a musical theater background that Brickett Bailey brings here. So, you know, we, we call our, our singing group where there are two other lady singers who aren't here tonight which we call Brickett Bailey and the Bailey Hazen singers <laughs> and the um, uh, Cassie Cassandra comes from musical theater and she's doing a lot of stuff now Cassandra why don't you talk about some of the musical stuff you're into right now whether theater yeah I mean um, I do a lot of I love theater in the summertime a lot of musical theater but just being a part of this group and this band has really opened my eyes as far as learning to be a storyteller I mean, kind of building on that. And I'm more connected to this music, to the blues. Um, I connect to the old crooners. I connect to Frank Sinatra, Aretha Franklin, Tony Bennett. I just saw Tony Bennett at the Flynn last weekend. Um, so really, and just, I just started bawling when he came out, just because <laughs> such an influence, really. Um, so this music is just amazing, and it's, it's wonderful to mix the generations and to bring this to the new generation or the younger generation, even younger than us, um, and bringing that music back to life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, is the I mean, in in terms of new blues music, you know, there's there's a few things kicking around. There's like Leon Bridges and whatnot. Mm -hmm. are, are you are you earnestly trying to get into that that market, or for you, is this is this a passion project? Is this? It's 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 totally passion. It's it's and that's what I love about it. It's just a pure organic musical collaboration. But with the new blues music, and I think something that has really informed our sound and what we're doing, um, does come from my my partners in the North Mississippi All Stars, who are are pushing the blues. They're keeping it alive like their dad did for so long, but 
but they're pushing it into new directions and um, they can get, you know, really, really edgy. Mm. Um, and so that has, obviously it's going to, you know, it informed the album because um, that's why I brought hip hop into my rendition of Crossroad Blues. I brought mm. in El Capone, you know, from Hustle and Flow, Three Six Mafia. He was the original Memphis pioneer rapper and, and I wrote the arrangement of, the, of Crossroads because I felt if I was going to do that, I had to take it somewhere else. I picked up a cue from the North Mississippi All-Stars when I saw them bringing in rappers. Mm. And I said, Let, let's, let's bring in hip-hop in there. So I feel that we're not just you know, doing a tribute to the old stuff. We are, we are pushing it into, into new directions. Is that something you're looking to uh, continue doing in the next album? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, but after listening to who else you're going to be collaborating with this summer, I'm, I'm very excited to... It's always a surprise, yeah. Right. We just, you know, I get down there in Memphis and I'm with Cody and he's like, hey, you know who's in town? And I say, oh, did they come over? Yeah, so... Apparently you've got, you're obviously a magnet for, uh, for various other talented people to I'll come I'll tell in. you what, the passport is my movie Crossroads. Um, you know, that was my first movie and it's become a musician's cult film. Mm. And all I have to do is mention Crossroads, and it's I feel so grateful and moved when I realize how many of today's uh, great blues guitarists, and players from Johnny Lang to Devin Allman, Dwayne Betts, Bonamassa, you go right down the line, you, see, you read their interviews, and they say, so what? when did you start in the blues? They said, oh, I saw this movie in the 80s, Crossroads. <laughs> and to me, it's like, well, you know, um, there's a lot about that, that movie didn't, reflect my script 100 percent but it it did um light a fuse for um, a new generation of, of blues guitarists so so that that's the passport and that's the match so cody will get on the phone and say hey remember the movie crossroads the guy who wrote it saying, hey, i'll be right up so, yeah so uh that that's your advice we should, we should all go out write our own crossroads get get it made and then we'll, well you better go live it first yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to hear one last song. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal, by the way. Thank you so much for coming in. This has been uh, an absolute delight. Highlight One of the highlights of my summer. So. Oh, thank you, Tom. We, we really appreciate it. It's a, this is a great venue. We love what, what you're doing you know, with, with Rocket Shop, and Big Heavy World. And it's a really, really cool venue. We're having a good time. So why don't we, why don't we take it with... What we'd like to do is uh, we, we did a few originals, and now we'll go back to the traditions. And uh, we're going to do a little Texas blues shuffle and what's cool about this song is that this song really represents the transition from the blues music of the 1940s to blues rock of the 1960s so uh what we got on drum oh okay <laughs> he's back further on yeah. oh yeah yeah we'll do a little further on. sure yeah okay further on yeah down mark further on yeah
Hey. John Fusco and the Crossroad Riders. Guys, thank you so much once again for coming in. Thanks for having us. It's been an absolute blast. Great time. Anytime. Uh, check us out next week. We have got Sabrina Kamala's and About Time coming on. Uh, so that'll be next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. This has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor. Good night.